1: Friday morning at WAX, and welcome to July. It's July 1st, in case you hadn't checked your calendar. As we're getting deeper and deeper into summer, dairy breakfasts are over, and it's time to gear up for the fairs. Good morning, shank of the day. It's chore time here at WAX. Bob is with you alone this morning as uh, Jill is off with a heavy heart, and we'll tell you about that here. a sad story that we have to share with you which we will do this morning, and about uh, Jill and uh, her family. But uh, other things we're going to take a look at, that acreage report that uh, came out yesterday. We'll take a look at the calendar, some events going on this weekend, on this 4th of July weekend. And we'll hear Jill's conversation also with Devaney Hinkleman from over at Loyal. She's the new Section 7 vice president. Section 7 did not have an office, a state officer last year. But they do this year. Devaney Hinkleman, one of the uh, top students at Loyal High School and top ag students in central Wisconsin this past year, is the Section 7 Vice President. We'll hear from her, and uh, we'll remind you about Farm Technology Days. Farm Tech Fest is coming up as the middle part of that show on Wednesday evening, and that is uh, new. It's different, never been done before, and we're going to make it a rousing success So we'll talk about that. whole lot to do this morning as we uh, take a look at what's going on in the world of agriculture. And uh, as we said, the world of agriculture lost one of the best on Wednesday night. Mark Zimmerman, who is the longtime ag instructor at Spencer High School, had been battling illness for the last, uh, I think, maybe three or four years, passed away on Wednesday night at home. And, of course, Mark is Jill's older brother. And Jill was off earlier this week. She was over helping Mark's wife, Cheryl, take care of Mark in uh, his last days, his last hours. But Mark Zimmerman has passed away at the age of 56, way too young. And what a, what a difference he made in so many young people's lives over there as the Spencer FFA instructor and uh, helped coach livestock teams, did just so many things for the young people around Spencer and around Wisconsin, and he is going to be missed. I remember Mark when he was just a little guy starting to show cattle at the Eau Claire County Fair. Mark, of course, the son of Larry and Carol Zimmerman down there in the uh, Augusta area. And we, oh, just, uh, it's hard to talk about losing a guy like Mark. He was just such a nice man and uh, just so respectful of everybody and uh, just worked for the young people, worked to raise a wonderful family. His youngest daughter, Courtney, is currently, and you've heard it before, the a national FFA officer, all four of his kids, three daughters, and a son were all state FFA officers, as was Mark and his wife, Cheryl, and... We pass our deepest, deepest, deepest sympathies along to the Zimmerman family. And, of course, our own Jill Welke here is uh, Mark's younger sister. And services will be, uh, the way I understand it, next week. I don't have the definite numbers and the definite times and dates. But uh, when we get them, we'll pass it along. But, again, a sad, sad story we have to report this morning. Mark Zimmerman. Eau Claire County native and longtime agriculture instructor at Spencer High School passed away on Wednesday evening after a long battle, three, four years, I think, with cancer. And uh, again, rest in peace. You are a good man. And if we could all do as much in 56 years as you did on this earth, it would be a lot better place.
2: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Quick check of our weekend weather for the 4th of July, brought to you by Markwart Motors. Remember, Markwart has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out at marquardtmotors.com or on their lot. Partly sunny today, tomorrow and Sunday. High is going to be in the 80s, although Saturday they cool it off. Upper 70s, it looks like, on Saturday, but 82 today, 85 on Sunday. And then uh, not good hand weather to start next week. We're looking at chances of rain both Monday and Tuesday with highs in the low 80s. It's 63 right now in the Chippewa Valley on a Friday morning, the first day of July. Wax again. We're looking about 63 degrees. We'll get up about 82 today with partly sunny. It should be a, a beautiful day. If you got uh, hay down, get it up before Monday because Monday it looks like we're going to get rain, Monday and Tuesday. Minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM. Let's uh, take a look. At what's going on in news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield.
3: Ketanji Brown Jackson is the newest member of the U.S. Supreme Court. Jackson was sworn in during a ceremony at the Supreme Court and is the first black woman to ever serve on the nation's highest court. Her swearing in coincided with the formal retirement of veteran justice Stephen Breyer. President Biden is pinning global inflation on Russia, Russia,
4: Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing
3: grain to get out of Ukraine. Biden was pressed about soaring gas and food prices while answering questions from reporters in Madrid. He cited Russia's irrational behavior in the ongoing war against Ukraine. The president also made another pitch for a gas tax holiday in the U.S. President Biden is ripping the Supreme Court's ruling on EPA authority. In a statement, Biden called it another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. The EPA no longer has the authority to enact sweeping regulations to combat climate change. In its ruling, the court curbed the EPA's power to limit greenhouse gas emissions by overhauling the coal industry and moving toward green energy. Biden said the ruling risks damaging our nation's ability to keep air clean and combat climate change. July 1st brings a lot of new laws to states around the country. Brian Shook has the details. In Virginia, there's a law lifting restrictions on facial recognition technology police can use. In Florida, lawmakers approved a bill that designates strawberry shortcake as the state's official dessert. Several states are raising the minimum wage. Chicago's minimum wage will increase to $15 per hour. I'm Brian Shook. And nine people, including one juvenile, were wounded after an apparent drive-by shooting in New Jersey. According to the cops, shots were fired Thursday evening outside a bodega in Newark and hit eight adults at a teen. It's not clear what led to the shooting. Police are investigating. All of the victims reportedly in stable condition. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio.
5: It's showtime. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, July 12th, 13th, and 14th, just south of Loyal in Clark County. Tour Rail Acres. See their DeLaval robotic milkers in action. Feed a calf. Take in the events at rustic occasions. See the field demos each day featuring haylage, mowing, raking, merging, chopping, baling, and bale wrapping. For more details, visit wifarmtechdays.org. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, July 12th, 13th, and 14th, just south of Loyal in Clark County. Sponsored by Swiderski Equipment. Your partners on the job.
2: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Once again, weather-wise, oh, it's going to be nice today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Temperatures in the low 80s, although Saturday they've cooled off to about 77 for the high now, but partly sunny all three days. Then Monday, the 4th of July, looks like we're going to have some rain. Not sure how much. We'll check with Mike Dandria here in a little while. How widespread, how much, when, all that sort of stuff. And uh, Monday and Tuesday, rain in the forecast. We're looking for low 80s right now. Medford's 58, Wausau's 67. Marshfield at 61, it's 70 in La Crosse, 72 in Green Bay. Madison, Sun Prairie, 74. It's 79 around Milwaukee. And it's 63 right now in the Chippewa Valley. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual
6: Insurance. The
4: Rural Mutual Insurance.
2: Wax 104.5
1: and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets on this Friday morning. Don't remember? Don't forget, uh, we'll have markets all closed on Monday because of the 4th of July. It always happens. They'll open late Monday night and uh, get the overnight trade started. But uh, Monday, the markets will all be closed. Taking a look at the livestock trade in the Midwest here at the end of the week. Choice-fed beef steers, 146 to 155.5. Choice-fed heifers, 145 to 150. We've got uh, choice-fed Holstein steers, 130 to 141. Select and choice Holsteins, 99 to 129. Cows, 67 to 108. The bulls eighty nine to one eighteen. Butcher hogs trading ninety to a dollar five a pound. Sows seventy five to eighty five. Boars seventeen to twenty nine. New crop market lambs one seventy to two fifteen. Feeder lambs one seventy to two ninety two and a half. And at the Mercantile Exchange we had livestock futures uh yesterday at the close. Live cattle were mixed. August was up forty cents at one hundred thirty two fifty seven. October down twelve cents at one hundred thirty eight seventy seven. December live cattle one hundred forty four eighty seven. That was up twenty-five. Feeder cattle, the August contract feeder cattle were higher across the board yesterday at the close. August one hundred seventy three sixty up two up uh, two hundred eighty-seven. September feeder cattle one hundred seventy six twenty-two up two hundred forty five. October at 178.67, up 227. And November was at 180.70, up 235. And January up 237 at 181.35. Lean hog carcass contracts were lower across the board yesterday at the close. July hogs 109.12, down 27. August at 102.10, down 147. The October hog contract 88.67, and uh, that was down 205 with December at 8287. Down a dollar seven. Board of Trade was mostly lower yesterday. That uh, crop report that uh, came out took uh, corn and wheat lower. Soybeans were lower on more planted acres, and uh, again, uh, some pretty good drops the last few days. Here, so December corn this morning is down two cents overnight, sitting at six seventeen. Oats at five oh two a bushel. December wheat down seven cents, now below nine dollars. December wheat this morning is at eight ninety three. November soybeans down nineteen cents overnight at fourteen thirty eight, and meal down two sixty a ton at four hundred three dollars and ten cents. The uh, commodity that uh, I check out now probably more than corn and beans <laughs> is the crude oil, and August crude oil down three dollars and ninety one cents yesterday to one oh five eighty seven. So I don't expect any wild spikes in gas prices. They're high enough now, but uh, shouldn't shoot any higher over the Fourth uh, of July weekend. But down three ninety one yesterday. Dairy markets products were all unchanged. Barrel and block cheese two nineteen and a half. Butter two ninety nine and a half. Class three prices though were lower. July down twenty seven at twenty two fifty three. August down fifty one at twenty two eighty two. September down sixty cents at twenty two ninety eight. October class three. Down 53 at 23.11. November is $23 even. That's down 51 cents as prices were lower all the way out through next June. So that's where we are as far as our markets are concerned. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Uh, Ten minutes after 5, 63. We'll get 82 today. Should be a nice, uh, well, mostly sunny day today. And we're going to hear from uh, Debony Hinkleman. And Debony is the new Section 7 Vice President of the Wisconsin FFA That's next right here on Wax
2: Wax 104.5 And the Midwest Farm Report
0: I caught up to Davine Hinkleman She's from the Loyal FFA And she is the new State FFA Vice President Why would you take on Such a job?
8: So FFA always has seemed like a second home to me And my main goal is to help other members And students in our area and throughout the state Feel the same way
0: So right along with that goal, how are you going to get those members involved? I think the biggest thing is just being very inclusive and being open to new ideas,
8: new activities, and just really making those special connections with other members.
0: You're gonna do a lot of chapter visits?
8: Yes, I'm so excited to do some chapter visits this year. It'll be good. Last year, obviously, we didn't have our own section state officer, so it's really good to get back into the swing of things this year.
0: And along with doing those chapter visits, Do you feel like you're going to be able to learn from them as much as you teach them?
8: Absolutely. I think each member has their own unique story, and they're going to have some fun little stories to tell me, and it'll be a fun experience to meet all of them and get to know them more.
0: What were your plans had you not been an officer?
8: So my original plan was to take full course load at UW-River Falls for Ag Marketing Communications, but obviously now I got a lot busier, so I'll be taking a lot lighter of a
0: class load this fall. Are you able to do your classes virtually, or do you have to spend some time on the campus?
8: I'm hoping to kind of do both. I'll spend as much time on campus as I can, but when I'm home for chapter visits and other things, I'll do it virtually as I can.
0: You got involved in FFA. Tell me what your SAE is and what you hope to gain from having that SAE.
8: So I'm an office assistant at Northside Elevator in Loyal. I have been there for two and a half years, I will probably be shortening my time there a little bit more, lesser hours each week obviously with all these other commitments now, but they've really taught me what I want to do for the future and kind of given me the opportunities to grow as an individual. I'm really thankful for that.
0: When did you start there?
8: The fall of my sophomore year.
0: What have they taught you?
8: I've gotten to go on tons of job shadows, work with many different individuals in the different areas that they offer, and it's just been a really good experience. As
0: a state officer, you're going to give back to the membership. What do you hope to gain from being a state officer?
8: I think the people that you meet and the memories you make are such a huge takeaway. So we're in this position for the next year, and my goal is to just make as many connections and really be connected to the members that are in my section and in the state and just make a lot of fun memories to remember.
0: And that was Miss Devaney Hinkleman, Section 7. State FFA Vice President. And I'm Joe
1: What better way to celebrate all things agriculture than with a good old country music concert? Farm Tech Fest, Wednesday night, July 13th, just south of Loyal, featuring Madison County, Sawyer Brown, and Joe Nichols. On-site camping is available. Get your tickets now at farmtechfest.com. A huge thank you to some of the great sponsors, Partners Bank, Rooney Grain, and many more.
2: Agriculture—it's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax one hundred four point
1: five, and the Midwest Farm Report. Can't believe two women couldn't talk longer than that. Jill and devony Hinkleman from over in Loyal Section Seven, State FFA officer now. But uh, we got almost a quarter after five on a Friday morning, and a nice Friday it will be for this first day of July. Eighty-two and partly sunny. Pretty much the same story for Saturday and Sunday, although Saturday. Seventy-seven, But still pretty nice with the sunshine. And then, as we said, rain in the forecast for Monday and Tuesday. Let's take a look at some of the agriculture news this morning on this Friday. And, of course, our story that we told you about before 5 o'clock. And if uh, you weren't up yet or weren't uh, with us on the radio yet, uh, the sad story is that uh, Wisconsin Agricultural Education lost a real, well, I consider him an icon Mark Zimmerman, the longtime agriculture instructor at Spencer High School, a native of Eau Claire County, son of Larry and Carol Zimmerman, and brother of our own Jill, who is with us now in the farm department. Jill Welke, her older brother, passed away on Wednesday evening, only 56 years old. Today was supposed to be Mark's first day of retirement. Sad story. He was a real leader in agricultural education. You get over there in Spencer and things he did for the spencer school district and those spencer kids and the community he will be missed in more ways than one remember interviewing mark talking with him as he was a little guy coming up through the ranks of showing cattle and got his kids into it all four of his kids were state ffa officers courtney now is a national ffa officer wife cheryl of course and mark were both ffa state officers themselves cheryl now the head of the ffa in wisconsin so a this big loss for Wisconsin agriculture and agricultural education. Mark Zimmerman passed away Wednesday evening, only fifty-six years old. Wow, tough to take. And we'll have more on the uh, arrangements when they are all put together. But uh, next week, probably sometime. But our condolences to the Zimmerman family, uh, Larry and Carol, and um, you know all Mark's siblings as well as wife uh, Cheryl and uh, his for children as well. But we move on. In other farm news, the official June Class 3 price is out. It's $24.33. That's 88 cents lower than the May price, but $7.12 more than last June. For the first six months of this year, the Class C average, now $22.95 yesterday's usda june planted acres and quarterly stocks report showed farmers again planted more corn than soybeans this spring corn acres came in at 89.9 million down almost three and a half million from last year while soybeans came in at 88.3 million that's just about one million acres up from last spring and it's actually the most soybeans planted in the last four years Both numbers surprised many grain traders, but the report is considered neutral for new crop corn and a little bullish for soybeans since the trade expected the bean acres to be over 90 million. Yesterday's report also included the quarterly stocks estimate for corn That number 4.35 billion bushels. That's up 6% from last June. On-farm corn storage is also up by 22% from a year ago, with over 2 billion bushels now in those on-farm grain bins. Soybean stocks are now at 971 million bushels. That's up 26% from a year ago. Over a third of those beans are in on-farm storage. And uh, taking a look at uh, other farm news here in Wisconsin, what do those numbers show? Well, here in Wisconsin, farmers planted 4 million acres to corn this spring. That's the same as last year. 3 million of those acres will go for corn grain. And people say, what happened? 3 million? We're going to lose a million acres? No. A million acres go for corn silage. So, again, 3 million for grain, a million for corn silage. Four million acres of corn planted. And farmers also planted two and a quarter million acres of soybeans. That's up 150,000 from 2021. So uh, that's a look at some of our farm news this morning. We've got more to take a look at, including calendar items. Lots of things are going on around the area this weekend. Don't forget uh, bean and bacon days down in Augusta. Thorpe, Midsummer's uh, shootout, truck and tractor pull. Saturday at Northside Park, there in Thorpe, that starts about 6 p.m. Jump River Lions truck and tractor pull Monday, July 4th. That'll be at noon at the Jump River Village Park. I called yesterday and said, We're going to have the tractor pull start about noon and then we'll have fireworks. It's going to be the longest tractor pull in history because it doesn't get dark till about 10 o'clock. But I'm sure knowing Jump River finds some other things to do between the end of the truck and tractor pull at the start of the fireworks, and just some of the things going on. There's a lot more happening around the area as well. we got some other polls to talk about, uh, like tomorrow over in Elmwood, the oldest poll in the state will be happening, so we'll talk about that. But we're also going to talk about uh, something we have to talk about and we hate, and I mean hate, ticks. We'll talk about ticks next right here on Wax on this Friday morning, the 1st of July. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin
2: for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm
1: Report. It used to be when we were kids, we worried about mosquito and mosquito bites. But that's changed. Bob Bosal here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And while we still worry about uh, mosquito bites and poison ivy and things like that, there's another insect, Pam, over the past few years that has really caused some problems with people's health, not only in the short term, but the long term. It doesn't look like it's going away.
9: No, it's not. And the worrisome part is that it is finding its way to Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay, Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn of Madison. This one surprised me. I was just kind of glancing at headlines when all of a sudden I see a headline about a tick that if you are bitten by it, it can actually cause you to become allergic to meat, not just beef, but pork as well. Is this for real? Well, I turned my attention to P.J. Leash. He's our University Extension entomologist, the Wisconsin bug guy. Now, I talked to P.J. quite often about, like you said, Bob, mosquitoes and the ticks that we find in Wisconsin, namely deer ticks. But this one, the Lone Star Tick, is making headlines by suddenly making people allergic to meat once they've been infected. And PJ tells me this is an insect he's been keeping an eye on for a while.
6: Yeah, so this is a a tick that I have been watching for a while, and and my colleagues in our uh, medical entomology lab have been keeping a close eye on this one as well. So the tick we're referring to is called the lone star tick, and it gets that name because the adult females have a lone, single, pale spot right in the middle of her back. Otherwise, she's mostly brownish. And these ticks are about the same size as our common, what we'd refer to as wood ticks, or or also known as American dog ticks. So they're about that size, but they just have a different appearance. And what's unusual about this tick is it's not something that we generally expect to see in Wisconsin. If you look at the range of this tick, if, if I wanted to go looking for them, for example, I would probably go somewhere between like Missouri and Virginia. Uh, places like Tennessee, Kentucky, and and so on. So just to the south of us, a couple hundred miles where the climate is – going to be a little bit warmer milder winters that seems to be the range of this tick but we have been seeing it pop up in wisconsin a little bit over time and i have some colleagues that published a study fairly recently it looked at records of this tick from about 2008 to 2015 and they found just over about 50 cases of this tick in the state so it's not common by any means because some of our other ticks like deer ticks and wood ticks you can just find hundreds of them if you go out looking so it's not common we're not even sure at this point if it can make it through our winters Um, the if you look at pins on the map we just kind of find an isolated one here one there maybe they're coming up with birds or something like that it does make me a little worried though because over time if uh, we get warmer temperatures and we get milder winters we could potentially see more of this tick in our area
9: Absolutely. And that's why I'm talking with you, because aside from the fact that it is making its presence in Wisconsin, tell me about the traits that this tick can inflict on its victim. That's what really catches my attention.
6: Yeah, so there's actually a number of things that worry me about this tick. So uh, first of all, there's a number of diseases that can be carried and transmitted by this tick. Perhaps the biggest one, most notable one, is called ehrlichiosis, and it's somewhat similar to Lyme disease uh, in terms of how it can be treated and things like that. But there's some other diseases as well. But as you mentioned, Pam, there is this unusual allergic reaction to red meat. And the reason why this occurs is there are some substances in the saliva of this tick. And uh, part of this is a component, a particular type of sugar, which is known as alpha-gal And what happens is if you are bitten by this tick, your body reacts. It starts uh, mounting an immune defense, and it reacts to this particular type of sugar. Well, this same type of sugar is naturally found in certain types of meat, such as uh, beef and pork. And so what can happen is if you're bitten by this tick, uh, a short while later, your body can develop this allergy to that same sugar, which is in red meat. And and so uh, after this tick bite, you may be tailgating at a a ball game or having a a barbecue in your backyard. You eat some red meat, and then all of a sudden later that day, you start feeling really crummy. And in some individuals, it may be not all that severe, but in some folks it can be almost an anaphylactic type reaction and, and very severe. Some good news, though, is it seems that in most individuals, if you're bitten by this tick, if you do develop this... Uh, allergy, the alpha-gal syndrome or alpha-gal reaction, it tends to fade over time, maybe over the course of a couple months. But still, I love a good burger on the grill, and uh, I wouldn't want to have to deal with something like this.
9: Absolutely. And I also noticed that you have to be, if you would be bitten by this Lone Star tick, you also have to be mindful of other products that could include some of those mammal-based gelatins, things like uh, bottled water, gel cap. They had a whole list of things. And there is no treatment per se or no antidote for this at least right now
6: right not that i'm aware of but as i mentioned luckily it seems that this type of allergy uh fades over the course of a couple months in most situations so that is some good news that it can get better with time but still this could be something that would really impact your day-to-day life if you're thinking about uh, your diet and the foods we consume. Um, this could really throw a monkey wrench into the machine.
9: Boy, I guess. Again, P.J. Leish-long list with us. We call him our Wisconsin bug guy, and he is our University Extension entomologist. You always remind people, P.J., we're not... Withstanding the Lone Star Tick, there's a lot of insects out there that we can protect ourselves against. You want to give us your laundry list of items to consider if you're going out for a hike, you're going to be camping. If you're going to be
6: out even in the backyard, you can take precautions. Oh, definitely. And I think this time of the year, it's really relevant to think not just about ticks, but also many parts of the state, the mosquitoes are starting to pop out. I know in northern Wisconsin, they've been out for a while. Southern Wisconsin, they're really just starting to get going. And with the storms we've had the last couple of days, wouldn't surprise me if we saw mosquito numbers continue to increase here in the next couple of weeks. So some good news is the tactics and approaches we use for ticks and mosquitoes, they overlap quite a bit. Um, things such as wearing long sleeve clothing, uh, that's a physical barrier between these creatures and your skin. If they can't get to your skin, they can't bite you. So that can be very helpful. If you are going out maybe on a hike in the woods with kids or something like that, and you know it's an area with ticks, you might want to perhaps avoid that particular hiking spot entirely, or you could wear long slow clothing, maybe even tuck your pants into socks to have a continuous bear. So that's one thing you can do. Another option would be to use repellents. And there are a number of really good repellents that have the science backing them up. One of the old gold standards would be DEET. Pretty much everybody has heard of that one. If you aren't a fan of it for whatever reason, the greasy feel or or whatnot, there are some other alternatives. You can go to the hardware store and find repellents containing picaridin or IR3535. Or if you're looking for a plant-based repellent that's got science backing it up, there are repellents that contain oil of lemon eucalyptus. So all of those are great options. They work both against ticks and mosquitoes. Just keep in mind that each repellent is a little bit different, uh, and you'll have to read the fine print because it'll tell you how long it's going to last, how often you should reapply, and if you should apply it to clothing or skin directly, and if you need to wash any of those off after you're done. So that's something that you can do. And one other thing worth mentioning, especially for ticks, because um, when I think of mosquitoes and ticks and a health threat here in Wisconsin, deer ticks are number one in my mind because of Lyme disease. We usually get a couple thousand confirmed cases in the state every year, the real number could be many times higher than that. So one important thing to do is if you've been spending time outdoors, maybe it's an area where you've especially bumped into ticks before, when you're done, come in and do a tick check. Physically look over your body um, to look for ticks. And the reason I say that is if you are bitten by something such as a deer tick that has Lyme disease, they actually have to be attached for a significant length of time, about 36 hours or longer approximately. And so if you have a deer tick biting you and you remove it within just a couple hours, even if it were carrying Lyme, your chances of getting it are exceedingly low. So tick checks are a really important precaution that you can take.
1: And again, that's uh, T.J. Leash, entomologist, and he or P.J. Leash, I'm sorry, entomologist, and uh, he knows his ticks. But good advice. Again, if you're out, you know, they got these light sun-resistant long-sleeve shirts you can get. And, uh, you know, if it's hot, that's not even a problem. So, again, good advice. Check yourself and, you know, not just your arm, but your armpits and in your crotch and between your toes. And these buggers can get to some places you wouldn't think they could get. But uh, they do. So if you're out this weekend and it's going to be a nice weekend and you're going camping, you're going to be in the woods, whatever, take some precautions against those ticks. They're nasty. Wax
2: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: 29 minutes before 6 o'clock on the 1st of July. We've got 63 degrees, partly sunny today, but it looks like 4th of July might be a little moist. We'll find out in a little while, but first of all, we're going to catch some news. Morgan McCarthy is here to tell us about the news, and Morgan, good morning. What's going on? Well,
10: good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll stretch the lens and start in a different part of the state as the brother of the Indiana man accused of breaking into Baraboo Zoo and freeing some animals says he can't make sense of the crime. Aaron Hovis's brother Jamie says he and his brother did crazier things than zoo break-ins, but never anything hardcore illegal. Police say Aaron Hovis freed four animals last month and is also under investigation in Kentucky for a stunt where he's accused of climbing on top of a restaurant. In other headlines, UW-Madison's interim chancellor says he's pleased to support the Big Ten's latest expansion. Chancellor John Carl Scholz said that adding USC and UCLA to the Big Ten will strengthen the conference by making it a powerhouse from coast to coast. The two California teams will join the Big Ten in 2024. A College football insider say the move is to counter the growing SEC and help them get to Big Ten a better TV contract. Well, a group of Wisconsin Boy Scouts are being hailed as heroes for helping victims after an Amtrak train hit a dump truck and derailed in Missouri. You may have seen some of this on TV or on socials. They're getting uh, quite a bit of attention. Three passengers died as well as the dump truck driver, one of whom the scouts stayed with as he passed away. Other passengers said the Boy Scouts jumped in right away to help those in need. And ahead of the 4th of July weekend, plenty of areas holding those local shows for the oohs and the ahs. You're ready for the neck massages. We'll keep those links online so you can find details about fireworks at shows, 715newsroom.com. And as we stand and salute America, we look across the Union. And I'm
3: proud to be
10: an American.
3: Maybe not. say they are extremely proud to be an American, the lowest since Gallup started asking this question in 2001. Still, when you add extremely proud with the 27% who are very proud, that comes out to 65%. Going into the Independence Day holiday, 22% say they are moderately proud, 9% just a little, and 4% not at all proud to be an American. I'm Rory O'Neill.
10: Wishing you a safe and happy 4th of July. From here in our local 715newsroom.com, I send it back to the original firecracker in the barn with Bob Bolsold and the
1: Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. You have a good weekend. I will say I am very, extremely proud to be an American, and uh, if not, it would probably be my own fault. I mean, you know, this is what's going on in this country now for for whatever reason, kind of head-scratching, but uh, I'm proud to be an American and... Proud to be where I am, and I hope you are, too. All right, we've got uh, weather to take a look at. Let's get over to a proud American who served our country well in the U.S. Marine Corps, Mike Dandria. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Happy Fourth of July You're weekend. Back. Saluted. And I've got a son in the in the U.S. Army, and uh, respect uh, everybody that has helped make our country so free and, and so great so that we can have days like the Fourth of July Independence Day is the actual name mm-hmm you um you served yourself didn't you yeah I was in yeah but uh, so my hats off to you well, as well well a lot of you know we've got a lot of folks that uh, have served honorably and well and um, a lot of young people from our area I was talking to some state legislators the other day I said and my son brought this up to me and I never thought about it he said, why am I on active duty, and I'm still a citizen of Wisconsin, but, you know, you never get stationed in Wisconsin. There aren't no bases right. there anymore. He says, why don't they waive state taxes, state income taxes, for active duty military? <laughs> now, when he was in a combat zone, you didn't have to pay him, but uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and, and Jordan the Middle East. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, you got to pay those state taxes So. We'll see. I, I, I approached some state legislators to, to see what their thoughts might be. I don't think I got any of them fired up. <laughs> but speaking of getting fired up, uh, we'll be firing up the fireworks pretty soon, but... Uh Looks like it's nice until the 4th of July. What's going to happen between now and then? I know. Mother
11: Nature doesn't seem to get along with us because today, well, if you have some preparations to get done for the holiday weekend, well, today would be the day to do it. Plenty of sunshine, temperatures in the upper 70s and low 80s. Tonight, mainly clear, going to be a bit cooler with mid-50s on tap. Now, tomorrow morning, maybe a very slim chance at a few isolated showers here and there, but otherwise, we'll have a little bit of cloud cover early on and give way to more sunshine through the latter half of the afternoon. Then going into Sunday, we'll have mainly sunny conditions yet again. But then Sunday night, that's when we have that chance of showers and storms working its way in. Now, timing is still up in the air. Uh, As of now, it does look like we have chances for showers and storms uh, throughout the day on Monday with mostly cloudy conditions. And uh, going into Monday night, Unfortunately, around the time that a lot of those fireworks displays go off, mostly cloudy and a good chance at some showers and storms, at least as of now, fingers crossed that that changes with lows in the upper 60s. Tuesday may have another chance at some showers and storms, but things start to dry out Wednesday and Thursday with temperatures once again in the low 80s. But for now, well, we have a beautiful sunrise as you look out your window and a temperature of 59 degrees in Eau Claire.
1: Oh, good sleeping weather this morning.
11: Absolutely, I would say so. And here we are. I know, right? Talking about it.
1: (laughs) Mike, you have a great, great 4th of July. We'll talk to you next week.
11: All right, talk to you next week, Bob. You have a great 4th of July and a great weekend.
1: We will do that. Thank you, Mike. Mike Dandry over there at SkyWarn13 with our weather. And speaking of weather, I got the uh, June rainfall report from Greg Coleman's Burger, the Coleman's Burger boy over there in Loyal, and uh, Greg and Dan over there. And they got 3.26 inches of rain in June. The high temperature was 92 on the 14th. The low was 42 on the 2nd and 3rd of the month. First crop hay was excellent. Second crop, they said, is about a week away from cutting and looking good. The beans in the corn are also looking great. Corn will be over a foot high by the 4th of July. And I would think uh, maybe that's a little conservative. I'll bet it'll be easily uh, knee-high and taller. Not like last year, but still, uh, with some of the rain, some of the moisture, some of the warm temperatures, it's shooting out of the ground. And again, as we said, our Weather on Wax brought to you by Chippewa Valley Beans. Chippewa Valley Bean, headquartered in the Menominee area, would like to wish all their growers and all the great farmers in our area a safe and productive planting season. Consider a rotation next year that could include the competitively priced and highly profitable kidney bean. Contact Joshua at 715-664-8342 to discuss details and schedule a plant visit. You can also visit them online at cvbean.com. Chippewa Valley Bean wants to work with you in 2022.
2: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: And we're going to get to markets. Brent Wink should be here in just a few minutes. as We'll get him on the air on this Friday morning, the 1st of July. We'll see if his corn is knee-high. Well, this year's National Holstein Convention being held out in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, wraps up tonight with the awards banquet, and some Wisconsin Holstein enthusiasts will be recognized, Mitch Kappelman. Mitch is over there at Meadowbrook Farms with his dad, Pete, and the rest of the family there near Manitowoc. He'll receive the 2022 Distinguished Young Holstein Breeder Award. He's about 30 years old now. And Mitch is a graduate of the UW-Madison and now in charge of employee management as well as herd health on his family's 425-cow operation. The Bauer Brothers of Sandy Valley Dairy near Scandinavia will receive the 2022 Elite Breeder Award. Over the years, the Bauer Brothers Forum have produced 107 dams of merit and 106 gold medal dams, including 46 cows, receiving both designations. But that streak of success is over. The Bauer Brothers are no longer in the dairy business. And another award coming back to Wisconsin is the Star of the Breed Award, which will go to Blondin Goldwyn Subliminal. She's a 13-year-old excellent 97-point cow. That is jointly owned by a dairy in Quebec, Canada, as well as Bud John Farms in Lomire. Again, that uh, big banquet awards banquet will be tonight, and then that convention will be over. So, uh, again, we wish them a safe travel. All the Wisconsin, I think there's about twelve, fifteen hundred 1,500 people at that convention. So, we wish everybody safe travels home for the 4th of July.
2: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5
1: and the Midwest Farm Report. All right. Shaping it up for the home stretch here. We're 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. And we won't be here on Friday, on Friday, on Monday, rather, for the 4th of July. We will uh, not have the farm show, Jill, of course, with her family in case you missed it. Mark Zimmerman, Jill's older brother, longtime ag instructor at Spencer High School, passed away on Wednesday evening after a oh, three-four year battle, or maybe more than that, with uh, with cancer. Fifty-six years old is all. Today was supposed to be his first day of retirement from Spencer High School as their longtime agriculture education instructor and FFA advisor. So. Uh, we will not be here on Monday, but uh, back on Tuesday. So enjoy the 4th of July. But before we do that, we still got more chores to do. All right, some things uh, coming up on our calendar. As we said, uh, the Elmwood Rod and Gun Club having the 75th annual horse pull over there. That's Wisconsin's oldest horse pull. And that'll start at 11 a.m. And that will be tomorrow. Should be a beautiful day for a horse pull Three classes, barbecued chicken. They got a 50-50 raffle. Lots of good things for you. So, again, that is coming up tomorrow on Saturday. Also on Saturday in Thorpe, the Midsummer Shootout Truck and Tractor Pull. That'll be Saturday at Northside Park. That'll be at 6 o'clock in the evening. And then at Jump River, the Lions having their truck and tractor pull. That'll actually be on Monday, the 4th of July. And that will start at noon at the Jump River Village Park. And uh, other things going on, July 3rd, uh, there will be a pull, a horse pull at the Funny Farm in Shittek. And that will start at 12.30 with the Wisconsin horse pullers. And the weigh-in will be from uh, 10.30 until noon at the Shittek uh, Senex. But again, that horse pull will be in Shittek on Sunday, July 3rd. As to other things going on, Midwest Farmers horse pulling schedule... January 9th on Saturday at 1 o'clock, and that'll be over in Boycefield. So those are some of the things coming up. I know there are a lot more than that, but uh, those are the ones we have. But uh, gear up for Farm Technology Days over in Clark County, and, of course, Farm Tech Days. Will be taking place July 12th, 13th, and 14th. We want you to stop in at our Wax booth. We'll have a booth there towards the middle of 10th City. Just get the schedule and the roster and the map and look for Wax. And you want to stop in because you could win a half a hog. We're giving away four half hogs thanks to Smith Brothers Meets in Colby. They said, yeah, sign them up. So, again, sign up because we're going to have four winners. And each will win a half a hog from Smith Brothers Meats and Colby, and that's as good as it gets, those guys. Also, thanks to Turnpike Greenhouse in Granton, they'll do the landscaping for our booth and our tent. So, again, uh, lots of things going on. And, of course, uh, the highlight this year is going to be Farm Tech Fest. That's Wednesday evening. If you haven't got tickets yet, go to www.farmtechfest.com. Dot com. It's going to be a fun concert. It'll start about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, so it's not going to be a late night. Joe Nichols, Sawyer Brown in Madison County. So there's lots going on around the area. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Market time on a Friday morning. Let's see what happened over at the Altoona Barn yesterday. Here's Jim Lindsay to tell us.
7: Choice beef steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.45 with no test. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.40 with no test. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.34 to $1.39. Choice Holstein steers $1.20 to $1.33. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the culled cows on Thursday, 78 to 88. We had a top of 92. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 77. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $90 to $1. 12. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from $75 to $1.05. Thin, full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 80 to $195 bread. Light and poor quality calves sold from $80 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $275 per head. Butcher hogs on Thursday sold from $90 to $1. five. Sells sold from 75 to 85 We do sell organic cattle here on Tuesdays at the El Tuna Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, July 8th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to reg- register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715 715- 825. Eight three five three one zero four to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock at Altoona. Have
5: a great day. It's showtime! Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, July 12th, 13th, and 14th, just south of Loyal in Clark County. Three big days on two stages in the youth area, emphasizing careers in agriculture, ag safety, and livestock education. Learn about fitting and showing your project from rabbits to dairy. Performances by local students, 4-H clubs, and local dance studios. Visit WIFarmTechDays.org for more details. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, sponsored in part by Citizen State Bank of Loyal. We finance Wisconsin's agriculture and Swiderski Equipment, the official equipment provider for Farm Technology Days.
2: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the
1: Midwest Farm Report. And let's wrap up the week with the sale going Go over to Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Happy 4th, Jerry.
4: Well, Bob, and good morning to you, and thank you. Happy 4th to you, and, uh, well, I guess, uh, happy first day of July, too, as we turn the calendar here this morning.
1: Absolutely, and uh, it's not going to be a bad day either. Well, wrap up the week. How good a week was it?
4: I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Summary from yesterday, Thursday, in this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. Um, the cow market yesterday high yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows selling mostly from eighty two to ninety four. Earlier in the week, uh, a lot of cows selling from ninety five up to a top of a dollar three. Uh, most of the cows this week selling between 60 and 82. Thinner cows, light carcass cows below 60. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls selling from, uh, uh 100 to 115, topping at 119 on the bulls. Lighter bulls below a dollar. On the fed cattle trade this week, continued good demand. Choice grading Holsteins steers are selling mostly from 117 to 130. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from 130 to 139. And your select grading under finished cattle, 140. 14 and below. On the calf market, a mostly steady trend all week. Good quality, hosting bull calves. Uh, mostly selling from 100 to 200. Uh, a few bull calves up to 210 earlier in the week. Heifer calves mostly from 30 to 50. Beef calves 150 to 300. Uh, on Monday's auction, we did see a lot of these beef calves over 300, up to a top of 400. And let's uh, just take a look at the sales schedule here for next week here at Equity Stratford. Of course, Monday, an observance of Independence Day. We will be closed on Monday. We'll reopen bright and early Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock with the hay auction. Also on Tuesday will be the uh, market auction. Uh, That will be organic market cows, conventional market cows. Also dairy sale on Tuesday also. And we'll be selling baby calves next Tuesday also. And uh, our next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. And, of course, our regular Thursday auction. So we'll have three marketing days next week for you folks. And uh, keep in mind, special dairy cattle auction coming up on July 12th. We do have a complete dispersal of registered Holstein organic milking cows. So a lot of information that on your website. So certainly a good opportunity to buy some top-quality cattle. So. Take a look that at that on our website. And uh, again, Bob, that's all we have this morning. So folks, uh, have a safe and enjoyable 4th of July weekend. I know, like you said before, Bob, there is just a lot of, a uh, lot of stuff going on and a lot of communities have fireworks. So certainly enjoy the 4th and uh, I guess, uh, like you said before, all the stuff that's going on. We can be thankful that we we had folks back there in 1776 that had the foresight to do what they did.
1: Absolutely, and uh, right up to the present day, we've got a lot of good folks doing what they do. Jerry, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford sale barn. And Brent's here. We'll get to Brent in just a few moments as we uh, take a look at the crops. And uh, before we do that, though, corn, beans, wheat, all lower. Overnight, December corn down 2 cents at 617, the oats at 502, December wheat down 7 at 893, beans for November down 19 at 1438, meal down 260 a ton at 40310. Country Elevators, Buck Country and Arcadia Corn today is 684 beans 1561. And at uh, Doomers Grain and Holman, 697 and 1561. No numbers available from Wheat and Grain. Couldn't get on their website this morning. DTN screen, Golden Plump, Arcadia, corn six eighty-three. At Baldwin corn is six seventy one, beans fifteen thirty-two. Durand and Mondovi corn also six seventy-one a bushel. Fifteen thirty for the beans in Duran. Fifteen thirty two in Mondovi. Elmwood six seventy six and fifteen thirty two at Fall Creek. The corn is six fifty six. Beans at fifteen twenty two On Osseo. Six eighty one and fifteen thirty seven, and at Elk Mound corn is six forty three. Beans fifteen seventy two. Sparta six eighty six and fifteen ninety four. Ellsworth corn is six fifty six. Fifteen twenty-two on the beans at the ethanol plants. Boysville six eighty-four. Stanley six sixty-eight. New Richmond at six sixty-three. Dairy products all unchanged. Barrel and block cheese two nineteen and a half. Butter two ninety-nine and a half. July class three down twenty-seven at twenty-two fifty-three. August down fifty-one at twenty-two eighty-two. September down sixty at twenty-two ninety-eight. October twenty-three eleven down fifty-three. November twenty-three dollars even. Down fifty one. Friday morning, Brent is here on our Winfield United Egg uh, Division of Land Lakes, talking about the crops and knee high by the fourth in your fields. Yeah, I think we've got it accomplished. Yeah, I think Just most about people everywhere. do. There's still some that. That maybe won't be, but... Well, yeah, a little later and got a little stressed or whatever, but uh, for the most... Not like last year's corn, but... No, I think we probably had some different. almost tasseling a year ago, yeah, but it's, so.
12: it's really starting to find good color and a, a corn certainly, and looking looking much, much better, so...
1: Yeah, hopefully we could get all our spray and side dressing done because it's been a challenge this year with that wind. Yeah, word. yeah, absolutely, and that's
12: kind of... I didn't have a lot to go through this week, but that's kind of... The 4th of July seems like it all kind of starts... Kinda Coming together, um, got an opportunity to get out in some fields this week. Is down in the beautiful Pigeon Falls area at Pat Walski's farm here a couple of days ago, talking crops with him. And I know they had wrapped up all their top dress nitrogen and, and kind of got all the herbicide spraying done. They've got a second round to do on the soybeans. And kind of the same story a lot uh, uh, with a lot of the farmers. You know, we kind of get this, uh, try to get everything wrapped up by this time frame and have a little bit of a lull before we we have the next push, but um, we we certainly kind of got a lot of chores left here after the 4th and a lot of opportunity. Monday night I got a call from uh, one of the sellers at Synergy Co-op up in the Cumberland area. They had some hail come through. Mike Moles up there was talking their farm and some area farms that had some hail damage on the crops, so you certainly... Don't like to see that, but it does provide some opportunities. And uh, this week we had uh, a field day over at the Menominee Answer Plot where we had agronomists from River Country Co-op and Alcivia and Synergy and kind of looking at the crops and what our opportunities are. And one of the things right now is certainly, like I told Mike, on that hail-damaged crop, we can look at applying fungicides to try to build back the plant health on that, to try and keep disease and things away from uh, those plants that, that had the damage. And that does kind of tie into some studies we've been doing the last five years here. We started looking at applying fungicide on corn before tassel when we can still get through it with our ground machines instead of having to rely on, on aerial applications. And we're really we're seeing some nice yield advantages, very comparable to tassel applications within a bushel or two. So here after the 4th, maybe by mid-July or where that corn's at about V10 or 10 leaf stage from there till tassel, uh, the opportunity to, to go out and start making fungicide applications on uh, cornfields. Certainly some of the corn on corn where there's maybe a higher instance for disease out in some of those fields and even some of the first year corn, corn following soybeans we're still finding uh, nice responses to that. So you know, hopefully everyone got all those uh, things wrapped up a little bit of a lull through the weekend and then then an opportunity uh, for some of those other applications. And then just one last update on alfalfa weevil. Last week we were, we were reporting a lot of damage and things in some of the areas. I was looking at some of the regrowth for people that have harvested second crop and looking at the third crop regrowth, and it doesn't seem to have uh, weevil feeding. So, again, I think they've cycled out in a lot of the areas what about leafhopper? Uh there really wasn't a lot of leafhoppers, but again, that can be so spotty and so patchy, so make sure you're checking your regrowth, but we did have did have weevil damage going on in quite a bit of the area, but uh, again, scout those fields, uh, look look at it after green up, you know, a week after taking that harvest and just make sure that you don't have pests out there that would warrant an application. So and then make it rain Bob some of these areas we well, do need rain 4th so, of July yeah 4th to, next monday and tuesday
1: rain. yep it's supposed to rain so don't cut hay <laughs> no get that done before then so yeah i guess so so you got to work this weekend or you going no, to No i'm going to actually take take
12: time off we're going to go up to our campground up near balsam lake spend a few days up there so it'll uh, kind of looking forward to that and hopefully you'll be able to get away and no more dairy breakfasts. so <laughs> you have to go my, pay for your own meals now start, bob <laughs> my
1: pants will fit now <laughs> have a good one
12: brent. you have a great weekend everyone else out there too
1: all right brent wink with us on our program our winfield united Covering the crops program this morning. Again, 63 degrees, partly sunny, 82. It's going to be a beautiful day. Have a great Fourth of July weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm
2: Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi, And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.